Hey folks, let's spend some time with friends up north. Pat Kreitlow of Up North News is on Lake Wissota. Sarah Yacoub of the Monaco Brewing Company Super Pack is on the Mississippi River. And up on Lake Monaco is Kirk Bangstead of the Monaco Brewing Company. Wherever you are, welcome. You're up north. Won't you let me die happy? happy. Hello and welcome to the Up North Podcast. I'm Kirk Bangstead and Pat Kreitlow is here too. But uh, Sarah Yacoub is off this week, so we are happy to welcome... As our guest host this week, the distinguished Dr. Kristen Lyerly joining us from Green Bay. Hello, Kristen. Hello, and thank you so much. I'm not a good replacement for Sarah. She's fantastic, but I'll do the best that I can. Oh, we 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 don't doubt that one bit. Uh, we just wanted to catch you now while you could still uh, speak with us because we understand you're going to the Packer playoff game this weekend <laughs> where it will be 45 below zero. And so you may not have much of a radio voice during or after that game. So we want to talk to you on the front end. Are you looking forward to it? I am a Green Bay gal and I was made for this, but I am terrified. <laughs> I know that I'm going to freeze. It's going to be really hard, but it's going to be so worth it. <laughs> I'm not, I got to admit it. It's not the, the cold that bothers me. It's the fact that, uh, the 49ers just seem to be like our, our, our kryptonite. They seem to have our number in the playoffs. And mm -hmm. I know, I know this is, you know, every year is different, but um, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit nervous. So I'm, I'm, I'm We're like, oh, and three against the 49ers. Is that what it is in, in the playoffs? Yeah. But in the, in the regular season and uh, you know, since Matt LaFleur took over as coach, I think we're two and two. So, you know, we're, 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 we're doing okay. I'm I'm just saying, you know, I'm not going in this with, you know, rose rose colored beer goggles as the case may be. <laughs> Speaking Our of which, now Kristen being yeah. in Green Bay, you you've been to some games. Do you do you and and as a physician, you can tell us if having that flask, you know, r really does make one feel warm and toasty or if it is not medically indicated. To the law enforcement folks out there, I will not be carrying a flask under the six layers of things under my coat. Um, but, you know, I think it's deceiving. It tricks Don't put you, you under a metal detector. <laughs> Don't put you in a metal detector. I, I, you're lying. She, fake news. Fake news. Plastic is the key, Kirk. I'm surprised you don't already know that. I can't believe he doesn't either because it, it, the, the one Badger game that I went to in Madison, it was it was disgustingly cold. And my, my wife and I thought, oh, we, we can't go on. We're, we're, it was halftime. We're like, we, we might have to bail out of this. And just then, a hot chocolate vendor came by. I didn't even know hot chocolate vendors were a thing. And it was in one of those souvenir mugs. You know, it's plastic, not metal. And... It made the best hand warmer, uh, saved our <laughs> saved our hands, saved our fingers, saved the game. And I got to tell you, uh, to to the Camp Randall credit, that we still use those uh, coffee mugs to this day as our as our to go coffee cups. So I don't know what they sell at Lambo, but yeah, you don't need the metal flask. There's there's plenty of other ways to get your nourishment, as the case may be. Right. Right, and I had heard that the hot chocolate at the last cold game was actually cold chocolate, and in Ooh. some cases it was frosty chocolate. Ooh. So I don't know that that's the thing to drink. And, you know, to answer your original question, it, if you drink alcohol, which many people do when they go to the Packer game, they might think they're warm, but actually they're not warm. So it's important to, 
you know, be aware of, take stock of what's going on with your body. Yes, that's exactly it. Is <laughs> there's a lot of things Thank you, you, you think you are. That's you not going to change anybody's <laughs> behavior uh, on Saturday's no, game. You I guarantee think you're you that warm. right now. You think you're ten feet tall and bulletproof, and uh -huh. uh, it, it just doesn't it doesn't work that way at all. Um, right. Well, part of the reason that we wanted uh, Kristen to join us is that she and Kirk uh, have continued to work on. Uh, the need for fair maps and to stop, you know, to, to slay gerrymandering in Wisconsin. It's an uphill climb, but the fight does have to go on. And so when we come back, we're going to have more from Kristen and Kirk all about the fair maps rallies that are going to be taking place around Wisconsin on Friday. So that's right after we come back here up north. Welcome back to the Up North podcast. Uh, we just listened to what? The entrance to me and Julio down by the schoolyard path not, because not somehow the, you figured. Not the what? version I was really looking for. The, our, our theme this week was going to be that a, a lot of um, albums were released uh, in January 50 years ago, 1972, that we were going to highlight, including uh, Paul Simon and. and uh, but that was not the 1972 version of me and Julio down by the schoolyard. But I, I'm, <laughs> I'm intrigued by what that was. I'm, I'm going to pull that up later on. There we go. All right. So uh, this next segment, we are, you know, we've already introduced Kristen, but um, but she's actually Dr. Kristen Lyerly. She's an OBGYN from Green Bay and a former candidate for state assembly. And just like yours truly, she and I didn't win uh, in 2020, but we're not riding off into the sunset. Uh, nope. We we both have no way. Uh, <laughs> we both have you know realized that you know the, the state is worth fighting for, even though we don't have a vote in the legislature. So we're doing lots of stuff, and and she has done some amazing stuff with all of these rallies that are happening for gerrymandering. And so we wanted to uh, talk about that today. But before that, Pat's gonna kind of give us the rundown of what it's what's actually going on right now in well, the Supreme Court. Especially given current events. I mean, just today, Wednesday, as, as we're, we come to you live, for those of you that listen to us over the weekends, look, admittedly, this is, this is an uphill fight. Just today, the state Supreme Court heard arguments on redistricting and about the six different maps that have been submitted for new legislative and congressional boundaries. And we had Doug Polin on uh, a couple weeks back talking about... Um, the law forward maps done for for block and so i watched him uh, argue his case before the state supreme court today unfortunately as he mentioned all of these modifications are based off the gerrymandered maps of 2011 because that's what the republican politicians who make up the court's majority ordered and that wasn't the only setback for democracy today uh, in washington dc all 50 senate republicans and two dixiecrats uh, shot down an effort to pass voting rights legislation over a Republican filibuster. But again, riding off into the sunset, like Kirk says, is not an option. And that gets us back to the gerrymandering redistricting part of it, Kristen, where you uh, you and many others are, are stepping up and uh, giving us a way to make our voices heard come Friday. Absolutely. You know, and I just have to start by saying, I, I just realized, I know my family has been in Wisconsin forever, and every single member of my family, my cousins, like everybody lives here, but I'm a seventh generation Wisconsinite. My great, 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 great grandfather came here from Germany. So this to me is not even something that I couldn't do. Like, I care so much about this state and my family and my neighbors that walking away, sticking my head in the sand is not even an option. 
So when I had the opportunity to work with the Wisconsin Fair Maps Coalition to put together these rallies that are all over the state, there are more than 15 rallies going on this Friday, most of them at noon, in places like you expect a rally in Madison, Milwaukee, Green Bay. We're going to do an amazing rally here in Green Bay. But how about Eagle River, Stevens Point? This is something that means so much to the people of Wisconsin. We've had referenda. We've had um, resolutions, county board resolutions. 80% of Wisconsinites want fair maps. And this matter has been handled illegitimately in the legislature. Now it's in the courts. We want to show the courts that Wisconsinites demand fair maps, that we demand fair representation, that we demand a democracy that works. And we so, should, Chris, because you, yeah. you've got to, the answer is to keep this issue in front of people, because think back to, you know, the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act. They didn't pass the first time, the second time, the third time because of a filibuster and because of obstruction. But people continued to march. People continued mm -hmm. to talk to their neighbors. They made they made very public their point of view so that they could build broader support and eventually mm -hmm. get those bills passed. And and so, you know, Kirk, you, you've made this kind of the centerpiece of uh, of, a, of a commercial that's being worked on through the Monaco Brewing Company Super PAC to, again, get this message in front of people. Yeah, I mean, so this this was uh, so we're, we're doing a commercial as well on, during the Packer game in the Wausau Media Market, which, which costs a small fortune. But people just like there's hundreds of people that are marching all throughout the state of Wisconsin. And, and we're going to actually list uh, some of the some of the other cities. So people listening, if you know, if they are in those cities, they can go. But similarly, about, you know, about a thousand or more people donated to the tune of 10 to 20 bucks. Our average donation in the last two weeks was uh, was 50 bucks. And we got uh, we raised about fifty thousand uh, dollars to which it actually, believe it or not, it cost more than that to put it up in the media market for the Packer game. But we raised uh, a ton of money by little chunks because people care about this issue so much. And uh, and so we're going to do a commercial you know, for the entire, you know, when people are watching the game in conjunction within one day of all these, uh, all these fair maps rallies. So there's going to, people are going to get hit hard. If you're Wisconsinite, you're not going to hear about, you're going to hear about gerrymandering and fair maps this weekend for sure. Yeah, as rightly as they should. And Kristen, you play a role in the, in that commercial along with uh, some other folks who um, have been on the ballot recently. Yes, I do. It's me and Joel Jacobson, Melissa Winker, the amazing Sarah Yacoub and Kirk. And we're telling people that we're not going away. We are in this for the long haul. Like you said earlier, Pat, these are issues that they don't generally pass the first time, but with persistence and with civic engagement, with people stepping up and saying, I'm not going to be quiet anymore because I know that gerrymandering is the foundation of everything else. If we don't have fair representation, if you can't go to your representative and say, I need this from you because your representative doesn't care about you, doesn't want to listen to you, then that's not how a democracy works. We have to fight for it. Look, if there are issues in this state that get broad bipartisan support from the general public. So you don't have to be, you don't have to care about gerrymandering, say, but let's say you care about, you know, legal marijuana. That is supported by a majority of the state, but this current legislature, because of gerrymandering, does not represent that point of view. 
you mm -hmm. support, maybe your issue is you support sensible gun safety laws to reduce the, uh, you know, the incidence of school shootings and other mass shootings. Again, that has broad bipartisan support not getting done in this legislature uh, and and several other issues as well like expanding medicaid so that badger care could be stronger so that more working families could have health insurance coverage again broad bipartisan support in the state but because of gerrymandering we have state legislators who can thumb their nose at what the voters have to say uh, so, uh, Kirk, let's just go ahead and jump on that list. And if you uh, if you get, you know, cottonmouth halfway through, one of us will jump in. But, uh, tell, yeah. tell folks where the rallies are going to be Friday. So, I mean, this is normally this would be boring to read off a bunch of cities. But as far as as, as long as I've been in Wisconsin, I haven't seen this much organization. I mean, Act 10, I wasn't in Wisconsin for Act 10, but that primarily happened in Madison. I mean, this is truly amazing that this is happening all over the state. So I think it's this is from the Fair Maps Coalition website, and I think they alphabetized it. So, so Appleton is first, out of Gamey uh, County, the Houdini Plaza. We got Ashland County Courthouse in Ashland, just northwest. Dodgeville, Dodgeville in Iowa County, their county courthouse. As Kristen was saying, the Eagle River, which could be about as Republican as it gets in Wisconsin, in Eagle River, and they're having a rally in the Vilas County Courthouse. Eau Claire, the Eau Claire County Courthouse. Uh, Green Bay, of course, uh, the Brown County Courthouse, La Crosse, which is 400 King Street in Cameron Park, Madison at the state capitol, of course, Menominee Falls in Germantown uh, in Waukesha. Wait, um, wait, wait, wait. You're, you're going to get this done in Menominee Falls in Germantown? You're going to get all three Democrats who, who live there? That's... <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's a big one. <laughs> That's is, a big, big one. one. We, we, kid, we kid about Dude. that. But, you know, again, for folks up north, I think this bear, this bears repeating. When we, we joke about Waukesha County. Waukesha County sure is a, a, a bastion of conservatives and Republicans. It is also the county with the third highest number of Democrats because mm -hmm. it is such a populous, uh, popular, populous county. So, yeah, of course people are going to be in Menominee Falls in Germantown, Kirk. Yeah, I, I have to joke because I think both you and I talked to the Waukesha County Democrats one time and we both were like, what are we, how many people are going to show up? And they were the quickest to remind us of that statistic that they oh, were the they, third they biggest. Are, they, their bunch. meetings always overflow. Yeah, so God bless the, the Waukesha <laughs> folks. All right, so then we got uh, Milwaukee. Oh, so we should course. say the Menominee Falls one, I interrupted you to say it's at the Menominee Falls Village Hall on Friday. Yep, you know, Village, Village Hall. The Milwaukee, in Milwaukee, it's the Milwaukee County Courthouse. Port Washington, where their school, I think they were like one of the first school boards that got overrun by the nut, the, the crazies. They're having one in the Ozaki County Administration Building. Uh, Racine uh, at the, in Monument Square, 501 Main Street. River Falls at Veterans Park in Main Street. Stevens Point, my, uh, my hometown, uh, they're meeting at the Portage County Courthouse. And then Wausau, uh, they're meeting at the 400 block. And then Whitewater in Walworth County, the Clock Tower intersection on East Main and White on West Whitewater Streets. And I'm betting Kristen knows a thing or two about the Green Bay event. I do. Well, first of all, I mentioned earlier, all of these events are happening at noon except our event in Green Bay. And that's because at 3.30, there's a pep rally for the Packers. You may have heard they're in this little thing called yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we decided that we wanted to pull it all together. So downtown Green Bay is putting on a pep rally for the Packers at 3.30. Our event starts at 2.30 at the Brown County Courthouse. We're going to be out there with Christina Shelton, 
Dan Fino. You're going to hear more about him later. Gabby Gamboa, who is the voice of La Mas Grande, Spanish radio in the area, and possibly Dave Hansen. We're hoping he's going to show up. So we're going to have some amazing speakers when it's all over. Oh, Jane Benson, I have to mention from the League of Women Voters is going to be there as well. We're going to be loud. We're going to be fancy. We're wearing costumes. And then we are going to march a couple blocks over to the Packer pep rally, and we're going to do it all over again, but this time for the Packers. And we felt like it was important to bring these two events together because both of them are about community. Both of them are about Wisconsin. They just fit. Nice. Yeah. That, yeah. That's awesome, Kristen. Um, mm -hmm. What what did you i mean how did this all start i mean because you were telling me about your rally like a long time ago and we were talking about promoting it and everything and and now there's 15 kind of can you tell can you tell the audience like kind of what was the process of getting all these things going well we've had rallies all along i mean we, this is not a new project we've been working on the referenda and we've been working on the resolutions and we've had rallies i did pack the park at bay beach up here in green bay in august but this actually all got thrown together just a couple weeks ago when we realized that this was all in the hands of the courts and we needed to be present to help the courts remember that they are not supposed to be partisan. They are not supposed to be making the types of decisions that they are in conjunction with the very polarized Republicans in the legislature. At least change is not one of the typical jury or one of the typical redistricting principles. There are commonly accepted principles for redistricting. It's compactness, uh, equal population, contiguity, preserving uh, political communities, communities of interest. Least change has never been used for redistricting. So, so it least, was important that we all spoke up. So let's remind, I don't, Pat, did you talk about this already, what least the least change kind of idea is? No, go ahead. So this is, this is the thing that bummed us all out maybe like a month ago when the the Wisconsin State Supreme Court, which is 4-3 majority Republican, because they all run for office, and they get tens of millions of dollars. Uh, from Wisconsin from, manufacturers from and commerce, right. Yeah, from Republican part groups or Democratic groups, but mostly Republican groups get the most money. So we've got a kind of a stacked deck against, uh, stacked deck for the Republicans as the Supreme Court. They chose to take this case for one, and they and they and they haven't chose that in a long, long time. I think that like fifty years or something. It, it, more than that, it was 1964 when the state supreme court at the time said, "We don't have the expertise to be ruling on this. Let the federal courts do it." And federal courts took care of it in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and the aughts. And it wasn't until uh, you know the 2011 that uh, Scott Walker had just gotten elected, Republicans had just taken over, so there was no need to get the courts in at all because they could ram through the current maps as gerrymandered as they are. And now this time around, now the state Supreme Court, controlled by these, I call them Republican politicians because they ran in these elections with tens of millions of dollars in ads, and now suddenly they were like, oh, no, 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 we have the expertise. I listened to the arguments today they do not have the expertise to be doing this. They, they were, uh, Justice Pat Rogensack, uh, former Chief Justice, uh, had, the, had the unique claim to say that 
Well, because Mandela Barnes, you know, won a race for lieutenant governor and because Gwen Moore is serving as, as a congresswoman, that she questioned whether there was, you know, really a need for all this talk about the Voting Rights Act and, and you know, whether there's a, you know, a white block of votes that will block, you know, black candidates from coming in. And, and you could see Doug Poland and the others trying to make the point that you can't cherry pick, you know, an election here or there and say, oh, yep, there's there's no need to, you know, protect the rights of, <laughs> uh, of, of black community voters. But they inserted themselves in. And then, Kirk, they did say, yes, uh, least change to the map, which, of course, is the old jerry-rigged map. So it, it's going to be, a, you know, like I said, tough road to hoe. But bear this in mind. If at any point during this coming decade uh, a different party takes over that is committed to nonpartisan maps, they can redraw the maps, uh, but only if we have that, that public sentiment for it. And so we, we're going to continue to talk about this topic because – You've heard about the perspective on the need for fair maps from these two folks who are former Democratic legislative candidates and from this former state senator. Well, next, we're going to hear from a former longtime Republican state senator who is also advocating for an end to these gerrymandered maps. So we will visit with him and have more about this topic coming up after the break. This is the Up North Podcast. We'll be right back. I'm so low in love with you. Oh my god. <laughs> Kirk. Kirk, you're a lot of things, but Al Green, you are not. Um welcome back to the cabin. This is the Up North Podcast. I'm Pat Kreitlow along with Kirk. <laughs> Smooth as silk, Bankstead, and Kristen Lyerly is pinch hitting this week for Sarah Yacoub. Our next guest used to hail from the northwestern corner of the state, where he previously served as the mayor of Ashland. And before that, he served in the legislature as a Republican state senator for 14 years from 1972 to 1986. Kristen? Yes, and I am so honored to be in his neighborhood now he's a green bay resident currently running for one of the brown county supervisory roles up here and he and i have been talking a lot about how do we bring back this sense of community take out the partisanship and just really focus on the things that matter right here at home so i couldn't be more excited to be here with dan fino everybody Woo! thanks for joining us dan <laughs> thank you kirsten that. All right, Dan. So, um, so you, you you've you've been a lot. You've done a lot of stuff. You've lived lots of parts of uh, of Wisconsin. Uh, we're going to talk about gerrymandering and your role in these rallies uh, coming up. But um, you were, I mean, the interesting part and the reason you're kind of a guest is that you have been a Republican. I mean, you were a state what, senator, right? A, a Republican state senator for a long time up in the up in the Ashland area. Um, yeah, and, I was. Uh... I was elected at the age of 25, the second youngest person in history, and uh, elected four times to the state Senate as a Republican uh, up in the northwestern counties of Wisconsin. So, I mean, 
you were a Republican back then. We talked earlier today when I was getting you on the show, and, and you told me um, a little bit about how you view the Republican Party now. Uh, can you kind of tell us your path in the Republican Party and where you think it where you think it's actually going right now? Well, when I was in the state Senate, uh, the Republican Party was much more moderate. I think it has taken a real sharp turn to the right, particularly with the ascension of uh, Trumpism in the party. And I think I think the party is headed in the wrong direction. Uh, we need moderates. We need to cooperate between the parties. I had an email exchange, for instance, this morning with an old friend of mine, uh, Democrat Majority, Senate Majority Leader Tim Cullen from Janesville. Uh, he and I correspond every so often. And uh, when we were both in the state Senate, uh, we could fight back and forth on issues, but we didn't dislike each other. And that's something that's missing in politics today. So many of our politicians, both Democrat and Republicans, actually think that the other side is evil and they're not to be trusted, and we can't talk to them. Uh, that's a very unfortunate circumstance, and I, I think a lot of it is, is due to the uh, polarization that we see in politics with uh, the, the Democrats becoming more liberal, the Republicans becoming more conservative, and uh, not too many people in between. And a big cause of that is gerrymandering. Yeah, it really does help make people less responsive and you know as as somebody who served as a, a state senator with your successor in that district uh you know bob jauk uh and i first met him in 1986 when he was uh brand new in the legislature and i was a brand new um, radio newsman in in rice lake so uh, i got to know him right away but then got to serve with with um him and others in the legislature uh, with of course mike ellis from nina um uh mike would mike tell told the best stories back then and mike oh, would yeah. still, mike <laughs> would still show up at um you know most of the democrats would go to one bar the republicans would go to another but there there was some intermingling and and, and mike would still come in occasionally with a cocktail napkin and and show you how how both sides could agree to balance the budget and and get that work done so you know the this current phenomenon is not necessarily something that has to be permanent and in fact dan 10 years ago when these current maps were in you had a letter to the editor that was critical of republicans for putting these maps through at a very expensive cost it really did seem to go against the fiscal conservatism that that uh, republicans like to claim right absolutely uh they spent an awful lot of uh taxpayer money putting together gerrymandered maps to protect their own incumbents and protect the Republican Party. And this this phenomenon of gerrymandering, there's always been gerrymandering in legislative districts since the beginning of the Republic, but it's gotten much worse because of technology. Uh, right now, political parties in control can pretty much go down to the block level and determine where the Republicans or where the Democrats live and create districts to uh, protect their own incumbents or protect a, a majority political party. And by the way, it's bipartisan. In Wisconsin, uh, Republicans deserve some criticism, uh, justifiable criticism for gerrymandering the Wisconsin legislature. If I was in Illinois, I would be criticizing the 
Democrats controlling the Democrat-controlled legislature. So it's bipartisan, but it's evil wherever you go. Right. It's very destructive to democracy. So, Dan, we, we mentioned how the polarization is caused by gerrymandering. Um, I have the answer to this, but I think you do, too. Why does gerrymandering cause both sides to uh, kind of become more right and more left? Well, when you when you gerrymander uh, legislative districts, uh, strongly leaning Democrat districts tend to elect, tend to nominate and elect uh, strongly liberal Democrats. When you talk about strongly leaning Republican districts, those districts tend to nominate and elect strongly conservative Republicans. And when those strongly conservative Republicans and strongly liberal Democrats get together in Madison or Washington, they really have nothing in common. And so the, the process of democracy breaks down. The process of developing cooperation uh, and consensus to come to an agreement and compromise on, on policy issues for the betterment of the state or the nation goes by the wayside. Uh, it's it's uh, you know a, a factor of of uh, uh, burning burning everything behind you in a in the case of a war, and it's very unfortunate because the Republicans and Democrats aren't coming together for the better good of the country. No, that it, it it's so true because you don't have the the lawmakers from those basically purple districts um, and, you know, speaking from firsthand experience, winning a, a close race in what was then a purple district, um, it, it was, it, you know, the, the smoking ban issue was up at that point, And it was something where you could work across the aisle because there were some people that wanted that smoking ban to take, a, take effect in like six weeks. It freaked out, you know, some of the, the tavern owners and restaurant owners in that area. You know, others wanted to delay it indefinitely. You could actually work out a bipartisan compromise, whereas now, uh, nowadays, um, and, and this has been made very clear uh, in the current legislature, um, there's not a single Democratic written bill or resolution that will get uh, taken up. And, and so that, no. that lack of, you know, cooperation, Kristen, is, is certainly reason enough for you uh, and Dan and others to want to put together these rallies and, and try to try to get that spirit back. You bet. And here in Green Bay, where we are the third largest population center in the state, we're really balanced. And when you talk to people, they're disgusted with all of this partisanship. They really want to get back to this sense of community and neighborhood. People have lived here for generations and generations. And that's the beauty of Dan because Dan is not afraid to be that former Republican who was a big, I mean, still a Republican. I think there are a lot of things about Dan that his beliefs align with the traditional Republican beliefs, but he also understands the importance of democracy. So Dan, tell us, you're coming to speak at our rally in Green Bay on Friday. Tell us a little bit about what you're gonna tell the people and what you hope to see when you're there. Now, now Christine, I'm, I'm revealing my speech, my 45-minute speech here. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be 10 degrees, so you're going to want to trim it down a little bit. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to I'm going to talk about how uh, the 
gerrymandering is polarizing the the political atmosphere in, in the state, as I just talked about. I'm also going to mention that our elections in Wisconsin are pretty much rigged. Uh, there are very, very few districts in Wisconsin, either in the state Senate or the state assembly, that are truly competitive. Most of the districts in the state are either going to likely elect a Democrat or likely elect a, a Republican. If you live in an, a 60% or 70% Republican gerrymandered district, a Democrat has very little chance of getting elected. And the reverse of that would be in a Democrat district. So our, our elections are rigged. The outcome of elections in Wisconsin are pretty much predetermined before the people go to the polls. And what has happened is that the politicians, through gerrymandering, have selected the voters. And the voters are in no longer position to elect or choose the politicians. And that's mm -hmm. not what democracy should be about. The, the final thing that I would... The final thing I'd mention on, on Friday at our rally in Green Bay is that this whole issue, of course, is before the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Um, I was listening to some of the court debate on uh, a podcast of today, and the Supreme Court, of course, is the final arbitrator of what is constitutional in the state, or at least it should be. All local and state officials in Wisconsin must raise the right hand when they're elected and sworn into office that they will defend the Constitution of Wisconsin. Well, what does the Constitution say about redistricting? It's one of the things that people aren't looking at. And I looked up the Constitution. I've read it before. And there's a phrase in there. And I'll read you the phrase because I've got it right before me. In fact, I'm going to bring it to the rally on on uh, set, uh, Friday, uh, it talks about uh, districts being uh, uh, bounded by county, precinct, town, and ward lines and consist of contiguous territory. That's the language in the Wisconsin Constitution that all public officials, including members of the Wisconsin Supreme Court, have or are obligated to support. But there's an additional phrase right at the end of this section. It's Article 4, Section, uh, Article 4, Section 4 of the Wisconsin Constitution. And here's the language. And be in as compact form as possible. Wow. Being mm -hmm. in as compact form as possible. That's the directive of the Wisconsin Constitution. Our districts in Wisconsin, our legislative districts, our congressional districts are not compact as possible. No. They, they look like somebody from outer space dropped spaghetti from 100 miles and <laughs> dropped it over Wisconsin, and that's where they drew the lines. So the Wisconsin Constitution mandates that you do something about ending gerrymandering by making the districts compact. Our districts are not compact. I like I like what you said there, um, Dan, in that that these guys raised their right hand and swore in a Bible that they were going to, you know, uh, follow the Constitution of Wisconsin, these Supreme Court justices. There are four 
kind of, you know, Republican elected justices. There's three Democrat elected justices because of it's it's a political uh, it's a political election to get these guys in, and that means there's one vote that has to change. And in Ohio, it was a four-three uh, vote from the Ohio Supreme Court that sent the Republican maps back, the gerrymandered maps back, uh, and they had to redo them. Uh, I'm, I don't know what the political makeup of that is, but it took one vote. And so to me, these rallies, like we got bad news. And, and if, if we're really cynical and we're, we're you know, our, our hearts are hardened, we're like, oh, these four Republican justices are just going to do the bidding of Robin Voss. And they're all, they all work together and they're all and I don't necessarily think so. I think there's one of those guys. I can't remember his name that has Hagedorn. voted different. Uh, yeah. yeah. What's his name, Pat? Tom Hagedorn. Tom Hagedorn. I mean, he hasn't voted uh, lockstep with the uh, with 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 his party. So to me, these rallies can do something. Our commercial that we're doing can do something. It's reminding these guys that they that they took an oath on the Bible in Wisconsin. They're going to protect Wisconsin. So hopefully, that's what that's what I hope that that this does. These rallies do. Well, that's the hope. And seventy-two uh, percent of Wisconsinites in all the polling that's been done favor the end of gerrymandering and the return of fair competitive elections in Wisconsin. They sure do. And there's a, now Kristen, there's a bill that would do, and I want to correct myself as Brian Hagedorn is the uh, Supreme court justice, but Kristen, there's a, there's a bill that would address this. Yes. So representative Deb Draco, who herself beat the bad lines last time around, and then Senator Jeff Smith have a bill that's out there, but unfortunately, oh, and that bill would fix our redistricting problem. As you mentioned earlier, Pat, we have sent our lines to the federal courts for decades. We need a better system in Wisconsin, and this bill would fix that problem. Unfortunately, it's a Democratic-sponsored bill, and because of gerrymandering, Democrat-sponsored bills do not make it to the floor. But at least there's a, a solution out there. These are solutions we're going to continue to talk about because, again, it may not happen this time around, but with uh, Dan, with folks like you speaking at these rallies, uh, perhaps more hearts and minds can be changed. Dan Thino, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for visiting with us on the Up North podcast. Oh, thank you very much. All right. We will uh, take a break and we will wrap up the show right after this. Yes, there was a uh, there was a Michael Jackson album released uh, this month in 1972 as well. Before we go, we want to thank our hosts at News Talk 92.7, home of the Devil Radio app, where you can listen to the show on demand on weekends. Catch us on the website, upnorthpodcast.com, or any of the usual places you subscribe to podcasts. You can watch us on YouTube by searching for Up North Podcast. Uh, you can also find the video version on the Facebook page of the Monaco Brewing Company, you can reach us by email at info at upnorthpodcast.com. And you can find the work that I do on a daily basis over at upnorthnewswi.com. Don't forget the WI or search upnorthnewswi on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Kirk. All right. So in the time we have left, um, we wanted to compare and contrast potentially the worst Republican in America and our president, Joe Biden. And obviously the worst Republican in America would be our own unfortunate U.S. Senator, Ron Johnson. Um, you know, so we're going to start with this crazy story about him, and then we're going to end with, with all the great th all the things that Biden has actually accomplished that, that we so often don't hear about. So first of all, this, this thing was in the news, was it today or yesterday, where he's having – Ron, Ron, Ron Johnson's having this, this 
uh, panel discussion with with doctors who are kind of the anti-vax doctors, the ones who have spread misinformation, the ones who are working on ivermectin are saying that there's a Wisconsin doctor that's saying ivermectin is is the way to go. Um, obviously, I'm not the doctor here. So, Kristen, what's what is this conference all about? And 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 why is why I mean, how damaging is it for him to bring a conference of doctors to kind of go against vaccines? I'm just speechless. I mean, when I heard about this conference, it, it just doesn't make any sense at all to me as a physician who cares about people and works with other physicians who have things like licenses and consciences. But, you know, I look at this crew and I think it's just to feed the base. I can't understand, especially this guy from Wisconsin who was accredited and respected something happened. I don't know, a mental break. I don't know what happened to this fella, but he has just gone off the deep end. And there are a handful of people who are doing that. They're spreading misinformation. They're harming people. Often they're losing their licenses. They're being discredited by their professional organizations. And that's important. And that's actually a big movement in the medical community right now. Well, but it, I think we need Oh, go I was ahead, Pat. Say, it just it just proves you can have an MD at the end of your name, and it, it doesn't you know it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be on the same page you know fighting this pandemic. You think of that Trump doctor Ronnie Jackson, who's who's yes. running for Congress now. He's the one that was like, "Oh, Trump's going to live to 200. He's so healthy." I I would have pulled his medical <laughs> license right then and there, and it gets in the way, Kristen, of all the long conversations you have to have with people who hear this kind of misinformation. We've talked about that with you before. Well, the number of people who show up in the emergency department with COVID and they say to the doctor who's treating them, I just didn't know. I didn't know if it was the right thing for me because the, uh, the information was all over the place, but now I'd like to have the vaccine. But it's too late for it's them at that late. point. Yeah. And some of them die. Hmm. And our healthcare providers are exhausted. 30% of healthcare providers are considering quitting healthcare permanently because of what they've endured. This is it's a crisis now, but this is going to be a crisis for many years to come. We already had a nursing shortage going into this, and look what we're doing to our nurses. Who's right. going to take care of us as our population continues to age and chronic disease catches up with this? This is going to be, it, it's just going to hang around with us for decades. Now, by contrast, President Biden on Thursday marks one year in office, one refreshing year. No fleecing taxpayers with endless golf games, no endless Twitter flamethrowing. And perhaps the biggest of all, an actual commitment to fighting the pandemic. We are now coming up on 250 million Americans who have received at least one dose of the vaccine. 81 million have gotten their booster dose. Healthcare matters to good leaders. And we'll leave you with this new factoid. Under changes Biden made to the Affordable Care Act, the marketplace, which just finished its open enrollment season, is now covering a record number of Americans, 14.2 million people enrolled. When people have health insurance coverage, it means less unpaid medical debt that gets passed on to you and me through higher premiums. It means people get the care they need earlier before it becomes more acute and more expensive. Or as CNBC put it in their coverage of the record enrollment, experts chalk up the dramatic upswing in enrollment to several key factors, most of which directly stem from Biden defeating Trump more than a year ago. 
The attack on the American Rescue Plan, which kept the economy from collapsing, and the bipartisan infrastructure bill, which will add jobs for many years to come. And you can see why this is an anniversary worth noting. And with that, it is time for us to go. Kirk, thank you. Kristen, great to see you. Thank you so much. Great to see you too. And go, Joe. Thanks to our guest, Dan Thino. And thank you for joining us at the cabin. Come on back next week up north. (laughs) 